This week's pod is supported by Manscaped. Manscaped is just launched in the UK. We've gone years without using the right tools for the job. And now you can be one of the first people in England to experience Manscaped's life-changing products. Manscaped is a skin-safe trimmer for below-the-belt shaving. Uh, their 7,000 RPM motor has quiet stroke technology. And I know you fellas like a quiet stroke. So they tell us that Manscaped's technology will make your testes their besties and you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code NQAT at manscaped.com. That's code NQAT for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. The last time we lost 6-1 at Old Trafford, at least we scored the best goal in the game. <laughs> this, this time, though, you don't think, it was... You don't think uh, Bruno Fernandes's standard penalty was the best goal? I mean, it was good penalty. There is an argument to say the Hurricanes penalty was even better, given that had Bruno's gone wrong... Not that I don't know why I'm saying that. Bruno's penalties have literally never gone wrong, so he obviously knows what he's doing, but Harry Kane's was unsavable. Uh, they're showing the on the TV. I've got the TV on behind the recording here, and they're current. We're recording this at twenty to seven on Sunday night. They're showing the Martial sending off right now. I don't. I. I just don't know where to start with this game. I mean, we can go chronologically because uh, it was good for four minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was, that is it. it. Was really funny. There was I, the collective Schadenfreude. I guess United fans, as a collective, got what they deserved for the level of Schadenfreude of getting a thirtieth-second penalty. Worth pointing out that that is probably the shortest gap between penalties, given that we had one in the last second of the previous well, game. Given that the, the last one was like ten minutes after the end of the game, I think this penalty may have become come chronologically before the last one. It's <laughs> some kind of time vortex has happened here. <laughs> That's what I'm blaming it on, and not being our players being crap and our manager being a dum dum. <laughs> He's a big dum dummy. Um, the staggering level of ineptitude on display from Manchester United as a collective, but the back four in particular. I mean, I do think the back four are worthy of particular opprobrium. I'm sure you could uh, heap criticism on the midfield as people no doubt will and already have. But the level of performance... I mean, Harry Maguire wrestled Luke Shaw off the ball. <laughs> yeah. I That's it- not... That, by the way, isn't even a joke. No, no, no. <laughs> it was his best piece of defending all game. Because <laughs> he actually got close to someone for once. So, I mean, this is dreadful. Yeah. I mean, look, we can start with the back four. I, I, actually, I think... did. did David De Gea make any mistakes? He probably wasn't at fault for any of the goals, was he? Uh, for once. I mean, he actually hasn't made a mistake this season, so we should probably go easy on Dave for, for today, mm-hmm. at least. But ahead of them, Wan-Bissaka was probably the best of a really awful bunch, and he just get, kept yeah. giving the ball away. Bay and Maguire were completely and utterly calamitous. Now, Bay, that's his, and his second start of the season. He's probably unfit. Bay had one of those Bay moments for ninety minutes. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's you know some context. It's not an excuse, but but Harry Maguire, he's played plenty this season. He should be fit and sharp. I I mean, I don't know whether he's still got grease on his mind, but that was awful. He was out of position for the second goal, and then repeatedly after that. Luke Shaw, I mean, I said last week, I don't think he likes football. I'm certain of it. He's just nowhere near. There's one of the goals, and I can't even remember which one it was now. I think it was Son's second goal. Maguire gets attracted out to the right. Luke Shaw's just standing there watching from the Mm. left wing. Like, no cover, no nothing. He's just like, can't be bothered. They were all dreadful. And, And forward of them, Matic just couldn't cope with the movement in midfield, and Pogba couldn't be bothered. I mean, I'm not normally one to to lay a probrium on 
Paul Pogba, but he he quite often sprinted forward and jogged back in this game, quite mm. often. And and I think in this kind of game, he had to take a bit more responsibility than that. And it was one of those games where, I mean, you know, I, I'd have been tempted to, to hook Bruno even earlier because in that kind of game, he could offer no value. Like once it had been lost, you just want to shut up shop, don't you? And it was just awful all round. Uh, and then the the sending off. I mean, at three one, I don't. I think we were in the game at three one. I think. I think you know that there were moments of kind of sort of promising attacking play, and there were periods of pressure and stuff. There were periods of pressure at two one certainly. The sending off changed everything. I mean, it was terrible already. It was sort of individual performances were absolutely terrible already. But the the complete catastrophe begins at the sending. I mean the catastrophic defending for the first, second and third yeah, goal. Well, so the sending off comes after two, right? It's 2-1 at the sending off. Harry Kane's, oh, Harry wow. Kane's goal's a couple of minutes after that. Okay, yeah, right. Which is Sorry, awful defending. Bad. Yes, but it's, it's awful defending for the first. Everyone is asleep for the second. Everyone. Maguire's not watching. He's not even watching. And oh, that's the, that's the, that, that's, that was the quick that free Harry kick, Kane right? Free the kick. snappy free yeah. kick, yeah. You know, they're just completely asleep. And, and yeah, and then the sending off... I mean, it's it, there's this kind of law in football, L-O-R-E, that says you can't react. So you can do whatever you like, and if the referee lets you get away with it, well, you know, good on you, but you can't react. Um, and it's the softest of softest pats around the chin, isn't it, from Martial? You couldn't even call that, like, dangerous. I mean, he's, he's going to be sent off a dangerous play or serious foul play or whatever it is. And and it was violent conduct. I violent think. conduct. Is that violent? I mean, honestly, no. I'm, I'm more violent with my kids. I think. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Joe. Joe. <laughs> so. Wowie. Um, Ed's like finally we're going to get out of the podcast. I'm going to get out of having to do this podcast because Ed's going to be in prison. Um, that's that's an ironic take, uh, an ironic development. Uh, Martial's certainly not going to be sent to prison. I mean, uh, Lamella was. De- as as Lamella was as violent to Martial as Martial was to Lamella. Like, yeah. Why? Why in an era of video assisted refereeing it's only are they the not either punished? Yeah. yeah. Why are they not either both or neither sent off? I don't understand. Yeah. Well, I don't understand. The lesson that Martial has to take out of this is don't react, dive, because if he'd grabbed his face and fallen over, Lamella would have been punished. And that shouldn't yeah. be right with a video referee. Absolutely, absolutely not. I mean, there was a stupid handball before that. I mean, a stupid handball decision where Luke Shaw was had a free kick given against him when, as uh, Gary Neville said, his body's attached to his midriff there, and which I don't think is exactly what he meant, but his hand was... He said if his hand's not there, it's hitting him square in the belly. I'm not sure what ad- advantage he's taken. Anyway, um, uh, that conversation can wait for another time. I mean, one of the reasons I'm slightly stumbling over words is I just... I don't know what to say about any of this because the the thing that people want after a result like that I mean analysis of the calamitous level of performance aside is well what happens next how do you recover from that where are we as a club what does all this mean and you know so we, we haven't talked about this but we've signed well it's not actually done, but we, we're signing. <laughs> Sorry. Paul's lost the running for himself. Yeah, look, we'll get to transfers, but but you said, what does it mean, right? And I think there's yeah. two levels. One is, what does it mean in the context of this game and recovering from this game? And that's all on Ollie. He, ha- I mean, the players, yeah. of course, have to take responsibility for the, the truly awful, the awful performances. And we haven't finished going through all the goals, by the way, and how awful all of those were, um, and especially the defensive unit. But Ollie has two as well, and there's two levels for Ollie to think about. One is picking the players up. So after a difficult start to the season, it doesn't get really difficult because there are some really tough games to come. And it was Newcastle after the international break, and then it goes PSG, Chelsea, RB Leipzig, Arsenal, right? And that yeah. could be pretty disastrous. Yeah, yeah it couldn't it? Heading into the early part of November. I mean, like, I mean, it, it's not beyond the wit of United to lose all four of those. 
and, and Ollie would be in serious almost, trouble. Almost every time, almost every time we talk about a scary run of fixtures and how we're going to lose it, all those never games, it turns out yeah. to be fine. Yeah, but. yeah, and it's true. But but that's when United are defending reasonably well, uh, and not right now. So so there's that level, right? Ollie has to sort them out. Ollie has to get on the training ground and teach them how to defend, which he's shown no propensity to be able to do. But he has to do that. Uh, and then the the second level is the the sort of meta level, which is where are we going as a club? And a lot of that and the narrative around the club and the feeling around the club, it does matter what happens on Monday. It really does. Because we saw what happened with Bruno in January. It gave such a big lift to everyone. They went on a like 30 match unbeaten run or something. Yeah, <laughs> something like something that. Like close. That. I'm, yeah, I'm, I think, I think so, we're probably yeah. exaggerating, but it was slightly. You know, <laughs> they picked up a lot of points. They got Champions League football. They allowed the Glazers to pocket their dividend uh, for this quarter, uh, and and then the club seemingly is shafting the manager. So that really does matter Monday. Monday, but first it's it's Ollie working with the players to turn this around as quick as possible. They've got the international break now, so. Hmm. Don't know whether that's good or bad. Uh, don't know. I mean, at least we haven't got a game on Wednesday because that could be really bad too. Uh, and so he has to do that work. But but clearly United are well short of players. It's just today we had our best 11 out, basically, and they got completely annihilated. Yeah. And, and you know, I wanted to talk about um, Ole and, and the defending in particular because... Almost the defining quality. So the defining quality at the very beginning of the Solskjaer regime was just Mourinho wasn't there anymore, playing psychological warfare with his players and just make them feel a bit good and get them on a run and allow the horses to run free. And that was beautifully executed. And they they played like fearless attacking football and looked really happy. But then then after it went wrong, there was a period where we... We were kind of struggling, but actually defence looked really well organised. Now, last season, the numbers looked great from a defensive perspective, like really great. Not just the goals conceded, but the chances conceded. The whole the whole shebang, any way you look at the data, it looks like United defended well, except actually watching the games. At no point did it look yeah, like United defended well. It doesn't pass the sniff well. test, but the, it passes the data test. Yeah, and, and I don't think you can say then that the data is correct and your eyes are wrong, because I... I, I just don't think that's how it works. I think it's actually limitations in the data set as much as anything else at this point. But the the um, this season has been defined by, so far, by poor defensive organisation. And it's not new or surprising. We've just looked really, really, really defensively all over the place. And the, the, this is on the coaches and the management's team. I mean, not least of all, they do have options. I mean, at least they picked by, played very well in the game against whoever it was, Brighton. Um, and and so he did at least drop Lindelof. I mean, playing by didn't go well because by was definitely personally responsible for two of the goals that were conceded. But um, he's kept picking Luke Shaw, who's ironically been uh, forced to give an interview with Sky, which I think is his punishment beating right now. Um, he... He definitely tried to get himself sent off with that tackle. That he got <laughs> right, yeah, at the I mean, end, it was hilariously bad, wasn't it? I mean, look, sure, manager, sure. But, this I was joking in the, the NQAT WhatsApp group that he's playing a league above his actual quality, I and mean, it's not quite true. But it's about half a league. He should be nowhere yeah. near a top four side. Nowhere near. He's a worse player than when he was eighteen. But the but the kind of collective are as bad as any of the individuals, and and that's the bit where it's like. Yep, the club's a complete shambles. Yep, the playing squad's not good enough. But why, why, oh, why, dear listener, do they look so shockingly bad at knowing what the other one is likely to do? The teams that look good, I mean, are Leeds' first 11 better than United's first 11? No way, but they all look like they know what each other are doing. No, and, and that's a look, and, and, and you know, of course... Of course, you know where you're leading with this one. Uh, of, of course, of course. The fact that they, they, we, we used to we talked about it quite a lot uh, on the pod last season about you know United's inability to construct attacking patterns of play. Now Bruno helped with that, didn't he? Because he was like punting the ball forward constantly, and United suddenly started creating more chances. Um, but yeah, organisation uh, and 
you know each player the the kind of micro detail that that some managers go into about where which player should be in what phase of football and you can really see it you know with some managers um you don't see that with Ollie's team and you know it's it's very true uh, and without knowing the ins and outs of what's happening in in Carrington because you know uh we don't have access and maybe we should fly a drone above there and have a look or something like that but <laughs> um you know without knowing the detail we're seeing the result and it doesn't look like he's doing a good job does it no and and i don't know how it's possible that he could be and this is the consequence of it between between the kind of like collective confidence which is brittle as anything i mean when Solskjaer got the job i was incredibly optimistic because i'd always liked the cut of his jib as a manager basically he'd always it always he'd always struck me as someone oh, who's oh we can talk about his jib but finish your thought um but he's just someone who who'd always struck me as having a combination of a kind of optimistic outlook but an edge and you know all these kind of things that you need and as well like he was highly regarded as a coach uh, within within Old Trafford, and and that's quite a big deal. His Mulder team played pretty lovely football when he first took over. Um, so you know, I'd, I'd and of course it was a joyous, fun ride when he first came along. Um, but you know that was always hope and like confirmation bias. <laughs> um, but the the reality is, I think he's doing like a pretty terrible job. Um, I mean, now he's he's talking about, in the post-match interview, he's talking about Lamella and how if it was one of my players, I'd hang him out to dry because he went down so easily and all this stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah, right. This is, that's fine. Yeah, the red card was a complete joke, but the the team were a chaotic mess before and after the red card. They were a chaotic mess against Brighton. The second string looked better, like, better organised than the first. Anyway, I've talked for no, ages. No, look, and look they're all fair say, points. So. They're all fair points. Uh, and we haven't even got to the third goal yet. Uh, <laughs> this is just the intermission between the red card and the third goal. And look, um, I'm, I'm loath to panic, panic analyse this and draw more out of one game than is fair because I think uh, the period between January and July was mostly pretty good. I mean, um, performance See? levels fell off a, crit, a cliff at the end and they all looked absolutely shattered, but they managed third place, semi-final in the Europa League, uh, a semi-final in something else, the FA Cup. They, they, threw, they, they got to semi-final in all the cup competitions. Yeah, exactly. Right, so, so, and you'd say, looking at that squad, that's not, that's, that's not bad, right? No. Now, now of course, um, being 33 points behind Liverpool, 15 behind Manchester City is is a better test, right? That is an awful long way in a 38-game season behind two clubs and probably a, a fairer reflection of United's quality. You know, we came into this season with our preview show saying we're not really... We don't really feel very confident that United are going to finish third again this season or even possibly in the top four, you know, based on squad quality, right? And and then as a par manager, it's Ollie's job to get at least par performances out of this squad, isn't it? You know, if we think they're a fourth yeah. or fifth best squad in the league, he has to get that kind of level of performance. And and we won't know that until May, sadly, you know. Uh, so it's it's that's why I'm saying I'm a bit loath to panic too much. Although you know I'm panicking a fair amount. <laughs> it's it's a modicum of panic coming here, but I'm a bit loath to say yes. We should fire him, and a new manager is oh. going to go fix all of this, right? You know, but you no, know they're, no, no. they're two ends of the continuum, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to be just to be abundant. And I know clear, you're not saying not that saying, either. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not saying Woodward should like fire him as he's on his way to get the no, trophy. No, no, I know. I'm just making sure that everyone understands because it's always a, always a binary conversation on Twitter. It's you know, it's he's in or he's out, and there's nothing in between, right? So it's it's yeah. definitely somewhere in between. Um, so 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 you know, what do we have as a squad? 
right? Given Chelsea's spending, Arsenal's spending, Tottenham's spending, it's unclear that we're actually top four quality as a squad. But this was nowhere near top four quality as a performance and none of the defensive performances have been. Probably even not the one against Luton. Rich United were quite fortunate to win. Maybe against Brighton. Uh, yeah, although the there were those that yeah, there were those who didn't who didn't feel that about that game, weren't there? Um, but the 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 kind of like meta conversation around him. I mean, you saying we were good from January to July. I'd like you to go back and listen to some podcasts that you recorded in March and kind of decide whether you thought we were good for that period. I mean, we were absolutely excellent for I can't remember how many games three or four games four or five games after the restart I mean like excellent the best football we've yes. seen no no you, since you, Van you're Hals. completely right that January to the end of March when the lockdown happened the results were good and the performances were terrible yeah and then after the restart some excellent performances until they fell off a cliff correct yeah Absolutely. And, you know, I, I said last week, I think this is going to be a battle between our, this season's going to be a good, a battle between our good players and our bad players. And like in, within 30 seconds, it was 1-0 to our good players. And within seven minutes, it was 2-1 to our bad players. And, you know, that's kind of, that's, that I think is the dichotomy. Uh, we, you know, we're, I, I do think we should talk about transfers at this point because I think it's relevant in terms of squad depth. So the, what it looks like, I mean, we, given that people love transfers so much, we probably could have waited till tomorrow to do this show to kind of confirm. But as what we know right now is that Cavani's that like that, unless something very weird is going on, that's that's that one's done and dusted. Um, and Alex Tellish looks like that is now happening, which is very good because it means someone else is going to play a left back. I mean, that's you know, I have no idea whether he's any good or not, but. Unless the the scouting and data departments have had a really severe collective malfunction, he's got to be better than the guy that's got the job at the moment. Um, so the, these are these are exciting signings. But I mean, well, no, that's an exciting signing. The Cavani one. Should we should we take a little? Are we, do you want to break down all the goals individually? I, I, can you? Do you want to? Is that something you actually want to do? Well, I'm just. No, only only for the completeness of talking about this game before. All right, all right. I'll let you do that, the, and then we'll take before a break burning and talk the world. About the future. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I tell you what. Let, let's do this. We'll finish this game. Then we can talk about transfers, and then we can talk about how the world's burning. All right. So tell me, tell me about the the rest of the goals because I can't remember any of them. They're that bad. Yeah. Um, God, I can't. I can't even remember the third one. It was absolute calamitous defending as the ball came in from the left twice um, and and Harry Kane was completely free to slot into an open net right that's right yeah classic yeah oh yeah that's the one that's the one where Shaw is ending up playing at center back I'm doing I'm doing bunny ears I'm doing quotes if nobody could hear that in my voice he he because Maguire was out to the left and and Shaw was playing at center back like just all the lads and Bailly left a lot of space as well but anyway yeah uh, and 4-1 Son again was a couple of simple passes just completely just just knife through butter wasn't it in terms of Shaw's defending uh, it just it wasn't even that anything particularly fancy uh, but um, allowed Son to get through to poke home I'm not sure it was actually going in was it it might have been an own goal really off Dave's ankle Five uh, one Serge Aurier. Well, so there's half time and he makes the two subs at that point. Yeah, and then, to you know, sure I, things up to sure things up. Yeah, I, I don't. I think. I mean, actually, I think at half time, United aren't getting back into this with ten men and trying to, you know, trying to press, which is what they did for the fifth goal. Um, a man short, four one down, makes no sense, right? So just just going to a low block. And just try and defend for the rest of the game, you know. Take the take the L, and go home from there, you know, because otherwise it's even more calamitous. I think that how was did, the how did, it, how did it go? Like, did that did 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 Ole trying to sh- trying to shore United up work, or 
did it totally worked did for it a five work minutes or B, not work yeah I, uh, uh, Aria's goal uh can't remember the oh, that's the that one. one that was the one that was passed in for like where Luke Shaw is for that goal I can't even remember where he was but Pogba ends up filling in at left back and he slides it through him um and like Pog was not covering didn't neither covered himself in glory nor covered the ball but where Luke Shaw is is just uh, a complete mystery he's not where he's meant to be that's for sure yeah um, and and, it's and we had about uh, 28 minutes of um not conceding any goals you know tit, you know tit, yeah. you know tit. exactly uh, uh until um <laughs> the most obvious penalty uh, and harry kane slammed I mean, it home for six could have been more what? after that as well because spurs had a couple of chances after that it's disgraceful from pogba as well that by the way like it's absolutely appalling. I mean, he had a completely stinking up the joint game. Well, he's, he's, um, he's had a few stinking up the joint games. Yeah. And uh, yeah. they were fair when he'd had no training and no games. He's had training games now. I mean, I wonder whether it's the Roni has really taken something out of him. Potentially, I mean. Yeah, maybe. But surely he'd be showing that in training and that would, you know, I, I would say I wonder whether the kind of atmosphere around United is taking something out of everyone in a way at the moment um and I wonder whether like the atmosphere around the fact that the club seem to be completely incompetent on transfers particularly affects a player like Pogba who is clearly like desperate to to make an impact at a team that are going somewhere and doing something and has just never had that chance at United and is is quite clearly never going to have that chance at United yeah, I know. There was talk of a five-year contract being on the table. <laughs> he might want to wait. Uh, anyway, yeah. that, that's six. Uh, I said we go through the goals and United didn't concede a seventh, but I feel like uh, Son had another chance before he went off, didn't he? Uh, uh, but that was that was before the, the sixth. Um, uh, we, uh, six was definitely like, oh, we kind of got away with that in terms of like, the number of chances that they had. I'm, mm. I'm sure they didn't have over six XG, but... Um, no, it's about they, four. They, yeah, which, which I mean, that is a huge amount, isn't it? Uh, it was 3.3, including the penalty, so a lot lower than you might have imagined. They were pretty clinical, Tottenham, but I wonder if uh, as well if that's some of, some of those are kind of the chances that XG doesn't really capture very well, um, where it's like shot location and defender position, but actually the really calamitous defending creates bigger opportunities than they might appear just from uh, like the data points. Anyway, that all being said, and United created, of course, absolutely nothing of note at any point. I mean, the XG map for United is hilarious because it's, uh, it's four tiny little dots and one big one, which is the penalty. On the penalty spot. Yeah. Yeah. So can, for, for a game in which United got a penalty after the 30, 30th second, I think we can agree that it did not go well. It did not um, go well. Cheers. It, it was, uh, in fact, quite poor. Really just appalling. So let's take a quick break and then talk about something else that's not going well. United's transfer window. If you want more from the show in between shows, check us out on the socials. We are NQAT Pod on Instagram, Ed's at NQAT Pod on Twitter, and we are under our real names on Facebook at No Question About That. Yeah, so we, so, we started off. Let, let's talk about Cavani then, because this one seems done and dusted. Um, a lot of mixed feeling on the internet, and, and I have mixed feelings too about this one, because I can, out of all other context about United's transfer dealings, I can almost get on board with the idea that a, an ageing, once outstanding number nine is coming to the club. And you'd say, OK, you know, back up for Martial. We haven't had that. Different option. A uh, bit more physical. It's going to be an awful lot of games this season with Champions League. You know, he's had to play the Champions League. Yeah. You know, I can rationalise this one. What I find hard to rationalise is the fact that he's going to earn more than all the other forwards. Well, and, I, and, <laughs> and he'll be 34 in December or February. No, it's somewhere around then, in the winter anyway. And it's a two-year contract or one plus one or whatever it is. And they're paying £10 million in agents' fees as well as the, as the huge 
wages, it seems, although we haven't had confirmation of that. I don't think we'll get it in the financial call. Um, all of that kind of tips it over the edge. Plus, then you look at these data from the last 18 months where he spent a lot of time injured or on the bench, and he hasn't really done anything of particular note at all. Yeah, I think the money side of it, we really should be taking with a massive pinch of salt because the, the when we talked a little bit about journalists and I think, I mean, the thing that I think we know as a collective is that most of the conversation around United from reputable journalists comes from journalists that have good contacts with agents who deal with United. So I think that it's the it's the players and the agent side where all the information comes from. And the only information that comes from United are these kind of, well, I was going to say controlled leaks, but more like drunken 11pm emails to the journos that are on the distribution list, right? So I think a lot of the numbers that we hear after these deals are coming from the side where it serves their interests to make it sound like the numbers are really big, right? The It's coming from the agents' camps, the players' camps. That's where all the detail's coming from. It's like, so I, I would take with a pinch of salt some of the numbers that are being sure. bandied around, you know, uh, around Cavani. But never mind how much we're paying for this ageing superstar who even at his best was... Uh, was an amazing, amazing player on his day, but, you know, had plenty of off days as well, even when he was at his absolute peak. Um, and, he, you know, he, I've seen Cavani be devastatingly brilliant, incredibly intelligent footballer. Like, his link-up play with Suarez in the Uruguayan national team in, was it the last World Cup or the one before? I can't even remember, but it was absolutely amazing. Um, so, you know... He's a great player, or he certainly was a great player, but he's been available all summer. Yeah, and that's the the, the context in which this is happening, right? So you you can only rationalise it without that context. So, yes, we don't have to get too hung up on the money, although I imagine that it is pretty high, and we'll see whether that has some ripples. Um, And because he was looking to match his PSG wages, which are 20-something million a year... Um, but yeah, he's been available all summer, so he could have sorted this out ages ago, he could have done pre-season, um, and could have been with the club from the start of the season. Yeah. As it so is, he's, if, played, he's been at home in Uruguay. So he, he won't the, be um, fit for another six weeks. It's like the Daily Blint signing. Remember the, remember the Daily Blint signing when you were like, Daily Blint was not Manchester United's first choice target. He was the guy that they had on retainer in case they couldn't get other deals over the line, which is more or less what... Van Gaal has said repeatedly since and that, you know, the first choice targets were the best of the best of the best and we ended up with Daily Blint, who, you know, I, I like Daily Blint, but never, ever been the best of the best of the best. And it was a transfer that was done in a day. And you wonder, like, Cavani's just been on the back burner of like, well, if everything else goes disastrously wrong all summer, at least we can spend a fortune on Cavani. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the, the the difference between him and Sanchez is obviously they're not mortgaging the future of the club to him because it's at worst a two-year deal. Sure. So, you know, it's a huge... Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a huge amount of money for 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 what we're getting, but... And, and the money, the money is, you know, again, there's context with money because why should fans care? Uh, I suppose we should care because it's all coming out of the same pot, and the more he gets, the less will be available for other players that could strengthen the squad. So we've got to ask ourselves: Is he going to contribute enough for it to be justified? Mm. Uh, and and you know. I don't know what the number is, but it was enough to put Juve off, who were very close to signing him earlier in the summer. He's been waiting around all summer for some suckers to come up. Maybe they, they may, you said maybe he was on the back burner. It's probably we were on the back burner. If nothing else happens, there's always Woodward. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. I mean, of course, maybe also he has kind of brought that amount down because he's like, well, I'd rather earn 10 million gross a year than nothing net or whatever. But, you know, the the, the other reason that you should care about the money, the, the, the only real main reason to care about the money, I think, is especially given that, like like you've said, it seems like United are low on cash rather than their overall financial position is a disaster. So having a bit more of an outlay, especially we've got some wages off the books this summer. Um, 
But the, the main reason is Have squad we? harmony. Uh, we've got Alexis Sanchez off the books this summer. Um, I guess we're probably still paying some of his wages or it probably cost us some money to get him off the books or whatever. I mean, Diego Dallo's gone, Diogo Dallo's gone on loan for a year with no fee, no fee arranged afterwards. Um, uh, so he'll be back. And, uh, and Andres, Andres Pereira. Pereira. A small email yeah. may not go because they're for some... Well, you know, I, 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 the, the, with Smalling, I can kind of see the point that why shouldn't United get the best fee possible because every other club yeah. tries that with us. It's just when he sat in the squad not playing all season, if they don't sell him, his wages are uh, an opportunity cost. Right. So we will be paying those wages. And I like much like with Darmian, who's kept for two years, and Marcos Rocco, I think it's now four years that we've kept him without selling him. Um, we gave Phil Jones a massive new... What a stupid club. Anyway, um, the so yeah, the, the, the Cavani deal, the, the thing about the money is the squad harmony. That's that's the other the absolute key thing because because if he has a detrimental effect on on that then that's a well major yeah, he issue. has to perform it has to he has to add some value yeah he really does because if he's someone who comes off the bench now and again and gets a goal in a Carabao Cup tie a bit like Odin Agallo who we're still mm. paying hundred grand a week to until January at least uh, mm. then then and he's earning more than the rest of the forwards who are perhaps not playing in all of the games or I don't know he's he's been promised some Champions League games and Anthony Martial's on the bench could happen right and yeah. and his development stores as a result then then I don't know we'll see whether it's worth it or not but it, it could have a negative impact we'll see I hope it's I hope it's obviously I hope it's the former I hope um this is he he adds something he has an extra bow to United's attacking options he has another forward because I actually do think a number nine's not bad to have in the squad. Another one. Mm, so, I agree. Uh, although, that's reduce the number of chances that Mason might have in that position. Uh, but, I mean, I, I think that the the thing is we need attacking options. And then Odi Nogalo had a lovely couple of months and that's just done. It's donezo. And so, you know. And he'll be going in January. You said January at least. I uh, I don't think the at least was necessary there. I don't think anyone's going to be extending his his stay at the club. And yeah, you're right. Like Mason might not get uh, chances at number nine this this season. But then, given that there's no options on the right wing, still, I mean, they're still talking about Sancho. Who who knows? What's, I mean, he, he wasn't if the United squad, pull but... 120 million euros out of Edward Woods behind. On Monday night, we'll do a special pod. It'll be a five-minute pod, but we'll do a special one. Uh, but I, I think there's zero chance you have to be on the bat phone tomorrow, Paul, or today um, as everyone is listening to this, because it's not going to happen. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I think if they sell Smalling for thirty million, they might, they might just, they might just like up the fee to whatever Borussia's actual number is. If it's, if it's, you know, ten million less than they're saying or whatever, and you know, and and if the teams are only, if they're only like ten, fifteen million apart, rather than like the thirty million, it looks like they're apart. Then maybe you know, United appear to be penny pinching over three million euros with Alex. Tellez. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, who who knows? There's 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 a lot of briefing and counter briefing going on out there, isn't there? Um, anyway, the uh, I guess from where we were 48 hours ago, the fact that we're going to make a couple of signings is is probably good. I mean, Telles is not going to come in and fix the back four. The 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 manager's got a massive job on his hands. Yeah. A massive no, I mean, job on Tellez, his hands. Telles's strength is going forward. I mean, yeah. clearly looking at the numbers, that's it. Uh, everyone's favourite, Fabrizio Romano, says uh, five-year contract, which is interesting for a 28-year-old. Yeah, right. Yeah. There we go. Here we go. Um, so that's transfers. They're sort of like... I mean, I think this has got to be... Assuming we don't get Sancho, this is one of United's worst windows ever. They've uh, bought backup for their two best players and they've bought an attacking left back and back up for their third best player and not addressed any of their areas of weakness except for, well, one area of weakness. Yes, yeah. I mean, the left back and we'll see with this guy. Uh, they haven't bought a left-sided defender. 
or another central defender because that is a hot mess. They haven't got the the right sided or wide attacking player because we've got a lot of players who like playing central. So for balance, that's a problem. Um, I don't know. It feels it is short. It is short, and then you've got an awful lot of players who aren't really part of the plan. But Ollie has been talking up this week which I assume mean people like Lingard and Mata, and he's been saying they, they've looked really good. I've seen something fresh in them. You know, hey. Player of the month, one Mata. Didn't yeah, play in but the league. Play, United's player play, of the play, month from... Two Carabao Cup games, yeah. Oh, captain, my Carabao captain. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> Oli, Oli, Oli has been, like, the tone uh, of Oli's uh, press conferences and... and um, comments to the press has has switched from being we need players to oh it's it's all strong enough you know we've got we've got players here i've seen something new in them and then he covered himself in absolute disgrace by saying that we've got good people at the top and just <laughs> i mean even for the staunchest ollie supporter and and i think i'd have put you in that category before you flip-flopped uh, and uh, why do you always I hate this I hate this really does my head in this by the way a person changing their mind based on fresh evidence should not be called flip-flopping in 21st century society where people ignore the evidence of their eyes and hold on to their pre-existing <laughs> position like their life depends on it like new evidence all right all right flippy flop yeah yeah you touch the nerve by being part of the problem ed <laughs> anyway even the staunchest Ollie supporter, it'd be it, they'd be very hard to defend that kind of comment. Um, and he wasn't far off. There's nay value in the market. It wasn't far off that kind of defending of the the hierarchy, uh, and if, everyone can see through it. I think it's fascinating that you characterise my position as being one of the staunchest Ole supporters, by the way, as well. Like I desperately, desperately, desperately wanted him to do well, but I think that makes me a Man United fan of a certain age. Like <laughs> yes. that's, that's, I don't think I was alone in that. And, and I had, I've had tremendous hope in him, possibly more hope than uh, a lot, a lot of United fans would have had. But for a long time, especially since some of the stuff about uh, the decisions that he made while he was in charge of Mulder, um, uh, I've found it like uncomfortable to be a staunch Ole supporter. So, so yeah, I don't think that's yeah. a fair categorization. Well, we'll see where we are after after the disaster of the transfer window and uh, a um, tough looking autumn schedule. Poch has been sitting on his hands for a, a year now. So I mean, we know Is where it... we get to. Club doesn't club finishes in Champions League football doesn't back the manager. It all goes a bit south. Club sacks the manager. Oh, not before. I mean, this is a running joke, of course, and it literally happened. I mean, hilariously, the MEN ran a story that was like, director of football, still a possibility for Manchester United. And it's like, they think we're stupid. And and we should talk about this too, because it's something that's around in the ether. This, um, this relationship with the supporters and and this kind of like Woodward's hired private security maybe this is all not true but apparently hired extra security because I mean I, I guess it's understandable given what's happened in the past but like attacking Gary what did happen in the past people I mean, visited his no, house no, I know I know I know but it wasn't half blown up into you know <laughs> so so what actually happened was someone tipped off the sun to go and get some very nice pretty hdr shots of a couple of guys holding flares uh, i mean people people threw flares someone into the family into home his... he lived in yeah like, no i know yeah, and he's selling well, it or whatever but but you know do, do, does anyone actually believe edward Wood's life's in danger here do we, um, do we actually yes, believe no, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think there are maniacs in the world. I definitely think there are maniacs in the world and an increasing number. So I, I, I don't think it's completely... I don't think it's a massive likelihood or whatever. But anyway, wh whatever about that, he's also... I get a like, couple of people on Twitter a week after I've said, I don't know, when Bazaka can't cross a ball, going, <laughs> I'm going to kill you, I know where your children live, you know? <laughs> Yeah, which is um, also the, where I live. But you know, hey. <laughs> the um, the thing about um, Gary Neville, 
that they that the club are apparently unhappy that Gary Neville has been saying incendiary things. It was very funny. Somebody shared a screenshot of like Gary Neville likes this tweet, <laughs> the tweet, the news roundup tweet about the club not being happy with him. Like, you know, I mean, he of course hasn't said anything about his pal because they never say anything about their pals. But you know, um, the 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 ownership is the problem. But I think Woodward's personal incompetence is is arguably the single biggest problem now. Especially if you if you think like, okay, yeah, we're we're spending way less money than we would be spending if the Glazers weren't in charge, and it's an absolutely disgusting disgrace that they were allowed to carpet bag the club. They've taken one point seven billion out of the club. Love United, hate Glazers should be a badge of honor, not a weirdo pro Mourinho cult. Um, that problem is probably smaller on the scale than Ed Woodward's personal incompetence at this point, I would say. Because um with what resources there are, you could do you could we could have United could have had an infinitely better transfer window than they have had if they were being better run, not better owned, not not given access to more money, but just better managed. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yes. Same same money and uh, a competent director, a football technical director, which every other, um, I see Monchi was in the, doing an interview this week saying he can't believe a club of Manchester United stature hasn't got a director of football. Has to come and get me, please, if I've ever seen one. But uh, yeah, every other elite European club basically has this position and United don't. And Ed Woodward has shown himself to be incompetent at this time and time again. And even with them patting themselves on the back with the last few transfers, they paid so much uh, for Bruno that Sporting put a press release out to brag about it. They paid, I mean, there was a missing decimal point in the amount they paid for Harry Maguire. And wan has got a lot to learn still. You know, he may, he may have a higher ceiling, but he's got a lot to learn for £55 million. And they bought. And Daniel Bruno. James is awful. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. nice kid, but he's just he's championship level. Yeah, and they bought Bruno fully one transfer window later than they should have done. So yeah, yeah so that's what they get for the way they handle their transfer business. Um, I'm, I've got the telly on behind me, and Ross Bar- Villa are somehow one nil up over, against Liverpool after like two minutes which probably means Liverpool are going to win 6-1 at this point. But Ross Barkley has just missed an absolute sitter for his new club against his original club's arch rivals. And that can't feel good, can it? Anyway, uh, talking of not feeling good, uh, I guess that's probably the end of the podcast. Is there anything more we should say? I mean, okay, let's say we get Sancho. Let's say that somehow we get Sancho. And this this window, we've signed Cavani, Sancho, Telesh and Van der Donny van der Beek. Like, it's still not a good transfer window? No, because it could all have been done six six weeks ago, basically. Oh, yeah. and, 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 and and given the club momentum going into the season. And still won't have fixed the central defensive problem, which is a hot mess as well. And probably yeah, the this... central defensive midfield problem, which is also a mess. Exactly. <laughs> I mean... I guess we want it all, and there's uh, at that point you could say, okay, can't do everything, uh, but still, I, I don't think Sancho is coming. I don't think that's going to happen. I'd be really surprised. Uh, you're all listening to this some mid mid morning on Monday, uh, probably, or that's when it'll have come out. Or you may be listening to it after the windows closed at midnight on Monday, and he's signed, and uh, Ed Woodward will be there. We won't be seeing his eating green because he'll be wearing a mask only over the bottom half of his face and not his nose which is the wrong way to do it no he had a lot of he had a lot of full face mask today fourth official didn't know fourth official had a word blowing his nose all over our manager (laughs) anyway anyway so yeah i i don't expect uh, i think telez 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 is probably it but we'll see so United next play on the 17th of October against Newcastle away. We're not going to have a podcast before that unless some absolute wild stuff goes down. I mean, if we sign Sancho, I'm not doing a special podcast just for that. <laughs> like, 120 million point. pound player. 
So what? Yeah. It's, it's, it's not, can he play centre-back? <laughs> no. You God. did one for Voice Robin if, Van Persie. If we sign Prime... Yeah, only because we happened to be in the same room. One of two podcasts. And we didn't even put that on the main podcast feed, by the way. Just put it on a... Hosted it and put it out on Twitter. Um, one of two podcasts we've ever done in the same room. Ed hates it. <laughs> um, but then the uh, the... Yeah, if we sign peak Rio Ferdinand and Angola Kante, then and only then will we do a, a special one uh, for these. Oh, God, I can't believe I just said the word special one today of all days. <laughs> um, but yeah, Newcastle, uh, who actually like played really well against Burnley and Alison Maximin is uh, an utter joy. But anyway. Yeah, Callum Wilson scoring goals. Yeah, yeah. Um... Well, that's the warm-up to, to a really, really tough run of games, which could go very pear-shaped. So, fun yeah. and games. But first, we've got the absolutely pointless international window. In the middle of a global pandemic where you really don't want bubbles mixing, we're going to mix a bunch of leagues together uh, and fly everyone around uh, on, you know, commercial aircraft in most cases. Uh, and it's going to be an absolute disaster. <laughs> Yeah, I really don't understand why this is happening. Oh, uh, wait a minute. Of course, yes, I do understand why this is happening. Because money, that's why. Um, all right, that'll do. Actually, money and power, right? Because it might even be more about power than it is about money. Because the international federations are terrified of losing their grip on the game at this point. Yeah, I, I don't even know what games are happening. Is this Nations League or is this World Cup qualifying? Or... Who knows? Don't what, know. what, what even is any of this anymore? Yeah. Um, we lost 6-1 to Jose Mourinho's Tottenham Hotspur. I couldn't be more depressed about that. A great day for our enemies, Ed. Um, but we will lick our wounds. I'm, I need to, I'm not talking about United. God knows what will happen with them. But me and Ed will lick our wounds. We'll come back stronger. Uh, we'll live to fight another day. And whatever Ole Solskjaer's flaws are, I still wouldn't swap him for the manager that's just beaten us 6-1. <laughs> so there's that. Yes, enjoy it. We'll see you after the international break. Take care, folks. Bye now. Oh, yeah, Patreon backers, stay tuned for football chat. What the, nobody's going to want to listen to more football. But anyway, if somehow you want to listen to us talk about other football, we're going to do that right now. Everyone else uh, will see. Oh, we've had a bunch of new Patreon backers as well, so massive thank I guess we should talk to them in the bit that's about to... I'm going now. Bye, everyone. 